0: It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Nerding Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, in Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, November 3rd. We are on episode eighty-one. A dad and daughter talk Notre Dame football. Welcome back, everyone. Maggie, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a week for sure. Is
0: it is it gotten cold there?
1: It is getting very I, cold, but my room has good heating, so. Oh,
0: nice! Important. Um, it's very nice here. Lovely, even. Okay. Um, almost weirdly lovely, uh, but. Supposedly you're supposed to get, the weather. supposed to get better there, right? I think it's supposed to get warmer, no?
1: Not extremely warm, but it's supposed okay. to get to more autumn weather rather than winter, which has been okay. what's going on.
0: All right, well, people aren't tuning in necessarily to hear our weather reports, but they are tuning in to hear us talk about Notre Dame football, and certainly we couldn't get a better game to talk about Notre Dame's 58-7 to win over Pittsburgh last week, um, and it It's funny to say, I think I'm safe in saying that even winning 58 to 7, it wasn't even that close. Um, uh, Notre Dame at one point, I believe, was either up 58 to nothing. I think it was 51 to nothing um, at a certain point. Um, But when you get a 51-point win and it still feels like you probably could have scored 200 points, um, I mean, a pretty dominating win over us. Weirdly, I mean, I don't know if just Pitt's bad and we're great or what, but which a non-physical, non-interested, non-inspired pit team was weird to see because usually they're at least fired up. They might not have the best talent, but they were atrocious. But anyway, enough about how bad pit was. Let's talk about how good Notre Dame was. Maggie, do you think this is probably the best Notre Dame has played this year, or do you think it was more just a really bad team or both?
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't know if it's the best Notre Dame's – played. I mean, okay. there were definitely a few mistakes, especially at the beginning. Um, but I will say also this pit team was very <laughs> not good. Um yeah. right. I this might sound really nitpicky, but I felt like the game was almost boring, May cool. not be the right word, boring how yeah. much Notre Dame dominated. And you know, I'm fine with boring if that's the way it's going. But
0: um, I'll take it. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: but I mean, I would say it was pretty complete. I mean, there's still definitely some things that I'm worried about this for this coming game, um, Absolutely. but there's not a lot to complain about with a 58 to seven win.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but we could find maybe one or two things. Is there anything that you, it, was this a really a full win was offense, defense, and special teams? Certainly they all scored. I mean, we got a score from each of those. Um but were they all on point, do you think, throughout um, the whole game?
1: I mean, I thought that it was great that our special teams finally got a score. I don't know. I believe that was the first one of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh,
0: no, it, was, it wasn't. It um, was The, oh, the so, kickoff return by Jadarian Price. But okay, against, well, one um, of the first
1: few of the season. I feel confident yeah, in saying that. Right. Um, but I will say that, especially at the beginning with Hartman's interceptions, um yes that does seem to be a problem I was hoping mm-hmm. that that would be kind of something that would be resolved um after the what I, Louisville game um mm-hmm. and I'm not 100% confident in our offense I mean yeah you might say they well, scored 58 points and yes that is true but um especially at the beginning it seemed like it was a little bit of a slow earth start um and I think we just kind of got lucky that the team we were playing was not yeah great
0: on defense. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. Hartman actually probably was the one, I don't want to say negative, but one thing that just didn't jump off the page. Um, certainly Chris Tyree, you know, the wide receivers played okay, led by Chris Tyree who played great. Um, the tight ends played okay. The running backs were fantastic. Uh, the line was great. So, but the but, but Hartman, because of the two interceptions, both of which were kind of puzzling throws, uh, makes you concerned. Um, but certainly playing against a better team, he's got to be cleaner. Like, this week, he has to be clean. And maybe this is the week he is clean. Um, but I agree. If, if you're going to take one kind of thing that uh, was concerning, it is the play of Steve, of uh, Hartman right now. Um, anyway, who do you think, though, really stood out? So let's just go right into it. Like, who, who was your offensive player of the game?
1: Well – I felt like the good thing about the game was that because we were so dominant, we got a lot of different looks at some new right. or maybe people who have but should have been in the spotlight earlier. Um, yeah, maybe. But I, I will say that I gave the offensive player of the game to Joe Alt. Um I think there was a stat yeah. at the end of the yeah. game that said that he had like no pressures allowed. And I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: I was going to say all season, but that seems not possible. No, so the, in sorry. the game, <laughs> in the game, it I, must have been in the game. <laughs>
0: Well, I know he gave his first sack up um, that he ever gave the whole this year against Louisville. Yeah. Um, so.
1: So it must have been in the game. I was.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought that was a little too good to be true. That's uh, <laughs> well, pretty
0: good still, but yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, he is still pretty good, but um, right. I feel like he was part of the reason the offense could start kind of clicking along because Hartman could then have more time to make passes right. to the variety of receivers he threw to, and potentially, like even looking after those interceptions, I felt like. Um, it kind of kept Hartman feeling confident and morale like right. high um, so that he right. could kind of finish the game or at least play three quarters of the game.
0: Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a great call. Uh, my offense player, I'm going with Chris Tyree. I thought the catches he made were phenomenal. Um, plus, the punt, he had punt return, correct? Uh, for yes. a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I just thought those plays were fantastic. The punt return might be the play of the year. I, I can't think of a better one off the top of my head Maybe the Jadarian Price kickoff return, but that punt return where he broke tackles, showed every piece of him. He was broke tackles with strength. He was quick in the hole. He made he made he was elusive, and then he was just you know, showed that elite speed at the end to run away from everyone. Um, became like the first player. I heard this. There have only been, I want to say, four players that have ever done this at Dota Day or at least in recent history, which was run a punt back, run a kickoff back, catch a pass for a touchdown, and run a run a touchdown in their career. Um those players were Tim Brown, Heisman Trophy winner, Rocky Nasmail, who should have been a Heisman Trophy winner. And Julius Jones, I believe, um, who had a great career in the NFL. Uh, was a good good running back in their name anyway. Um so interesting player. How about your defense player of the game, Maggie? My...
1: Um I mean I don't know if maybe we'll have the same player here, but I went with Xavier Watts and I think I picked him Did I pick him last week? I feel like Uh, – when was he have his really good game? Well, it was was last Yeah, it
0: was hard not to pick him last week. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm a little bit of a repeater this week. Um, But, you know, I thought Benjamin Morrison would continue, like, this strong streak of interceptions this year. And he's been good. But um, I just feel like Watts has kind of picked that up and has been a surprising addition. And in the past, it's also been nice because we've talked on this podcast about, like – Oh, what, where does Xavier Watts kind of fit? Like he was this big recruit and um, yeah. we kind of were always that's wondering what he would yeah. be like in the future. And now I think we yeah. finally found like the place for him on our team. So I hope he sticks right. around. I think he has, well, he's a junior, I believe. So he has potentially two yeah, more years of he, eligibility.
0: I think it's really, but he's graduated already. So it's It's going to be interesting. When oh. I think he's getting, I think he's getting his masters in sports analytics. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting. So yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I don't call me out. I and I do think I think he's going to be one of those guys that gets tested by the NFL and sees where his ranking is. And I think probably if he's a fourth round or higher, which I can't see him being any higher than fourth round, um, he might go to the NFL. If not, he'll come back for another year. And if he comes back for another year with how he's been progressing, um, the sky's the limit for that guy. I, I I think wow, you know, one more year in the system and learning how to play. Safety, because he was a wide receiver recruit, um, is going to be phenomenal for that guy. Uh, My defensive player of the game is not um, the same as yours, although I certainly understand why you picked Xavier Watts. I am going with Jaden Mickey. Um, He had an interception return for a touchdown. He also, his mother, is in the hospice care, um, so it's very emotional. And uh, so I appreciate the making plays in emotional moments uh, jade and mickey is my defense player of the game All right, i um i don't even know if i have to ask this question but i'm going to um what is your grade for the game
1: i mean you can't you can't really beat a 58 to 7 win so i i will give them yeah. i'm really scared to give them an a plus um yeah. but I'll, I'll give them like I guess an A plus. I mean, this is kind of like wow. the best you can get. A
0: plus. Wow. But okay. also
1: I did say that there were some problems. Okay, I'm switching it to an A. I'm yeah. switching it to yeah, an that, A
0: because uh, I said there were some a, issues. I agree. I think it's a solid, solid A. And here's why I would not give it an A plus. One, the interceptions by Hartman at the beginning of the game. I mean it's being nitpicky, right? Um, but the other is to the importance of a game. If, if this is a fifty eight to seven win over USC or over Ohio State or something like that, then obviously, or even if it's a you know 10-point win over those teams, you're going to give that an A+. plus, But um, because just the competition is so much better, I just think the competition was terrible and you can't really, it would almost be impossible to get an A-plus in this game unless it was 72 to nothing and you scored every time you touched touch the ball, which they didn't. So, there you go. A, a But it's a solid, solid A. Great performance by everybody, including a few people we need to talk about. Steve Angeli came in. I believe he would, I should look at the stats, but it was something like, he was 6 for 7. Um, Steve Angeli, hold on, let me get it the exact Six for seven, 92 yards, and a touchdown. A beautiful pass to Connor Fl- Finnegan. Uh, Flanagan. Flanagan? Flanagan. Flanagan. Um, rolling to his left and throwing across his body to Flanagan, who was going um, towards the sidelines. Hit him right in strike. That was a really, I think it was about a 20, 25-yard pass. Really difficult pass to throw, and he threw it right on the numbers with ease. Um, are you any more confident – in Steve Angeli than you were or is this what we thought he was or is this just confirming or or did it not change your mind at all and you still think we need to get somebody in the transfer portal and Angeli can wait a year Um, or is it all of those things? What's your feeling on Steve Angeli right now after that performance?
1: Well, I was going to say it was interesting not that they brought him in because we were so far ahead but it was interesting because last week we did talk about the potential of a transfer quarterback and I said well, like I kind of like Steve Jelly, Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. know why we would move off of that. And it was interesting because, I mean, Freeman probably didn't do this with those rumors in mind. Um, no. But I think it was interesting to see him play like a full quarter, get a touchdown. Um, it he played honestly, with some of the
0: starters. I mean, yeah. they left some of the starters in to play with him.
1: Yeah, so I felt like this might hopefully silence a few of the transfer portal quarterback rumors because I – I'm not a big uh, advocate for that. Um, yeah, but I think it was it was nice to just see him on the field again,
0: right? And I, I do think I, I think people should be aware you're not necessarily going to have a, a Sam Hartman out there to get. You know, you're talking about um, was it Michael Pratt? I think from Tulane, it's probably going to be the hot name um, out there. I mean, it depends on who else is out there. Maybe the kid from Texas. Maybe Arch Manning. Um, might be a hot one out there if Queen Euras decides to come back, which I believe he will. Um, but who's the guy that's playing quarterback right now for Texas? Uh, starts with an M. Anyway, he was a high, Arch high recruit. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I think it's Murphy <laughs> or something like that. Malik Murphy, um, something like that. And anyway, but he's not great. I mean, certainly, I, I don't know. I, I love the idea of Angeli. I think all I've ever seen of Angeli is him producing. So I don't know why you wouldn't keep him um but uh, i i don't know i was just like i said every time he's in he moves the team whether it's in the in the blue and gold game or it's in these mop-up roles he just looks sharp i don't know what to say uh i think you have your quarterback but but we'll see and i certainly think he's probably better or at least as good as anybody out there and you, you have to worry about if you bring in a a prat from Tulane, then Angeli leaves and then what are you stuck with Kenny Menchie who's talented um but hasn't taken much of a snap at all um so it's it's tricky it's really tricky so we'll see what, what Marcus Freeman and uh, Gino uh Guglielmi uh is that how you say his name um I'm not in store <laughs> for that yeah for that quarterback room um yeah it's 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 a, it's a nice problem to have I mean my goodness if Angeli came in there and was terrible you'd be like oh my god we have to go out and get somebody you know um, but this gives you a little bit more room, maybe a Kate Klubnik. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> who knows? That would he, be out there? Well,
1: I don't who know if knows? I want him
0: actually. <laughs> right. No kidding. Um, uh, who knows? Also, we have to talk about this. It just came out this week. Uh, Mitchell Evans's injury, uh, terrible, terrible news and terrible time because it's a year long kind of recovery. So you're talking about him coming back next year in the middle of November um, good. I, I have a silver lining to this, but Maggie, I'll talk about my silver lining in a minute. What are you thinking about the injury? How how hard is this going to affect Notre Dame?
1: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, that's one of the worst parts about the game was just losing. Yeah. Um, and we already knew that we were kind of thin at the position. Yep. Um, and I just recently saw something that was ranking him at like the top five of tight ends in college football. So oh, right, um, sure. definitely not a good thing to happen. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's an injury. Yeah. Um, But all you can hope for, I guess, is a good recovery at this point. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, uh, here's my silver lining with the thing he is going to come back next year, uh, by all accounts, probably in November. He will play four games probably next year and be able to redshirt. And then, so you're talking about he even has probably another year on top of that. So, probably two more years of Mitchell Evans, hopefully, you know, getting back in shape and, and becoming the player he was because he, yes, he was a complete tight end. Heading towards the NFL for sure after this year. So the injury sidetracks out for a little bit, but, uh, you know, get in shape, get back, get back to at it. We'll, there'll be time. And uh, yeah, and you're right. A thin position. Eli Raridans need to pick up. Holden Stays need to, needs to pick his game up. Um, and again, uh, uh, I keep Connor Finning, Flanagan. Flanagan. Flanagan uh, needs to play well so I can remember his name. Um, you know, he's from around here. I should know it. Uh, yeah but that was actually you're right the worst part of the game uh, for sure okay so moving on but but another big story this week was the first college football playoff rankings came out maggie Dame was ranked 15th in the rankings i'm pulling them up right now how do you feel about the placement and some questions that you have about it or or what it's 15th right behind lsu
1: um i mean I am unhappy with the fact that we're below LSU because I do feel like we're the best two loss team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I was surprised to see Missouri up there because I just didn't even register that they were even having a good season for some reason, <laughs> for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, but otherwise I think that the ranking is fair for like the first, this is like the first go and mm-hmm. right. and looking at the rest of our schedule what we really just need to do is win out.
0: So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, I'm I'm I fine with it. I, I think, yes, there were a few questionable things. I do think we're probably better than Louisville, even though they beat us. So we can't really argue too much. Um, yeah. I think we're better than LSU. Our loss came to the number one team by a yard. I think that needs to mean something. Um, their losses came to Ole Miss and Florida State. Um, so, I mean, I guess they're saying our other loss to Louisville. That Louisville loss is really way heavy in the playoff lines. Um, but looking at it, I think we're probably better than Ole Miss. I think we're probably better than Penn State. I think we're probably better than Missouri. I think we're probably, um, I don't know, better than Louisville for sure. So, I mean, there's 14. I mean, really, and I think we're probably better than LSU, although they have a big game this week against Alabama. we'll, we'll see. I think we're probably better than like Florida State. I mean, you know, maybe Washington, the way Washington's playing right now. And I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago, but so nerding from what I heard, so I, I think you're right. It doesn't really mean much. Nerding probably will end up, we need them to end up, I, what I've heard is they need to end up 10th in order to make the New Year's Six bowl game. If they end up 10th there, and then there are New Year's. Six. And I see a path for that pretty easily, like you said, if they win all their games. So. There you go. I think that's a, a important important fact. So, um, where do you, so I think they will end up around tenth. Where do you think they'll end up?
1: Yeah, I said I would hope within the top ten, um, because I feel like looking at a lot of these teams and thinking about like, oh, there's going to have to be a Big Ten championship, um, and a lot of these teams, right. aside from the top five, are already on one loss. Um, right. So I think that all we can do really is just keep winning and let everything else kind of fall into place around us. Because I think if we do that, like Oregon, Washington, or I guess they're not going to play again, but like they have some tough games ahead. Um, Georgia has to play in the SEC championship again, or maybe not championship. That's a little presumptuous. Georgia has to play Mm. other SEC teams. Alabama and LSU are already playing. Ole Miss I'm sure is in there somewhere and Penn state has to play Ohio state.
0: So yeah. Yeah, I and think. Michigan. It, yeah, and if Penn State loses to Ohio State, we will move ahead of them because Penn State just hasn't played anybody, and they still have to play Michigan, too. Correct? Yeah, but
1: also no, Michigan State already. Oh, they already, they, they already played Ohio State. Michigan, no, Michigan beat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was Penn, try, I'm Penn, trying. To remember. Penn
0: State already played Ohio State, and they still have to play Michigan. I think they still even have another kind of tough game in there. I yeah. I, it the question becomes: do you, do you think a two-loss Alabama team is behind Notre Dame? Uh, say say they lose to LSU this week, um, is do they drop behind Notre Dame? I don't know. Their two losses would be to Texas and and LSU. Um, do you think uh, Old Miss? If Old Miss loses a second game, are they behind Notre Dame? yeah, uh, just I think the question will become: What do the one loss teams that will lose again go behind? You know, Missouri should if they lose again, you know, become behind Notre Dame just because Missouri has beaten many people. You know, they don't have that signature win. They had a chance against LSU and they lost. Um, they are playing, so they're playing Georgia this week. So most likely at Georgia, most likely they're dropping behind Notre Dame after this. Um, you start to look at those kind of things. What two lost teams would jump behind Notre Dame? We think all of them, but but you know we're obviously very biased.
1: I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would say we're pretty <laughs> pretty fair.
0: We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. So let's look at this uh, Clemson game coming up, though. So like we said, they're gonna have to win all their games, and this Clemson game. Interesting that that it's a noon start on the East Coast, nine o'clock in the morning out here on the West. Um, Maggie, are you worried about this game?
1: Um, I'm worried in the sense that it's Clemson and it's at home. uh,
0: Death Valley, right. And
1: it's Dabo Sweeney, and we've seen him many times in the past, many times in like the past five years. I feel like this is like our fourth time playing him at (laughs) least
0: (laughs) in the past five
1: years. Um, And it's been kind of a mixed bag. Uh, mm-hmm. of we've won a few times, they won a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, even during COVID, we, beat, we played them twice, and it was one and one. So that's what kind that's of right. worries me is just, like, the history there.
0: Yeah, I am nervous about it because it sets up nicely for Clemson. They're a team that's on the precipice of just having a terrible, terrible season. <laughs> I mean, they're already, they're already four and four, the fans are turning against Dabo. The, the you know it's like circle the wagons time for Clemson, and that makes them a very dangerous team. Um, so, and also if you look at some of their losses, they should have beaten Florida State. They probably should have beaten um, uh, Duke. Um, you know, the the one last week to lose to North Carolina State. I have no idea how that happened. Um, I don't even know what their other losses, but um, yeah, they're just. I just think of all times to be catching clubs I almost prefer that they would be undefeated and they're like four and four and they have their, you know, whole season riding on this and God, what a win against Notre Dame would save everything. Um, at the same time, maybe they're going to quit <laughs> and maybe Notre Dame will, you know, will have an easier time than I'm, I'm guessing, but I am worried about this game a little bit um, uh, more so than before. Um, so, oh, though it's right. Clemson lost to Miami in double overtime and they should have won that game. It's like, So they could easily have, you know, be seven and one uh, coming into this game against us. So, Uh, but they're not, they're four and four. And so, you know, as you are what your record is, and so they're not great. So, but I am worried just because it's Clemson and you're playing them in Death Valley. But what do you expect in this game, Maggie? What do you think is going to happen? So
1: it's an away game, which scares me a little bit. Um, but I also think we are coming off a good win at home, like probably the best a yeah. win can really be. Um, yeah. so I'm hopeful that we just get the job done. I think it might be like a little close, especially the beginning where both teams are just kind of trying to figure the other one out a little bit, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. settle in. But I feel like ultimately Notre Dame is going to pull away.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, I think it really, the first 10 minutes will tell the story of this game. If Notre Dame gets off to an lead or and makes a mistake, um, it'll be smooth sailing. If Notre Dame struggles a little bit or, or if Clemson gets off to an early lead, then it could be a little bit tougher. Um, but I do expect Notre Dame to win this game, even though I've been kind of saying, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I do expect Notre Dame to win. I probably expected to win about by about 10. Um, most likely Clemson isn't playing with their number one running back. I won't say his name on this podcast because he spurned Notre Dame. Um, he was supposed to come here and then he did not. Um, Will Shipley I have I
1: have notes on that later
0: yeah oh you do okay I will get to that Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but uh, so I do expect that to be a that's a huge loss for them especially on the offensive side of the ball I don't see them being able to move the ball very as well as they could have so I am um, expecting Notre Dame to win and I expect a really solid solid performance I think Notre Dame right now is a very confident team and I think they've all kind of exercised all the problems um, of their season. I think they're just going to roll right through these last couple of games into the bowl. So I'm very excited to see how they're playing. I think they're a very dangerous team right now. Uh, did you want to add something, Maggie? You said in your notes? No. Should we it,
1: do- it'll come okay. it'll, it'll come up later. Got
0: it. Got it. Okay. So who's going to be your offensive player of the game?
1: Um. So in the spirit of picking or trying to pick a mm-hmm. new wide receiver each week, I'm actually going to pick huh. someone we have – discussed in in great depth in the past and i'm picking tobias merriweather because whoa okay because i think that these catches he only had two but the catches that he had that's like two more than usual <laughs> um <laughs> well maybe just like light something in him and make him just like want to be the star again um now that's really a long shot maybe because <laughs> we yeah, have discussed knows? it, but yeah. you know the time is now he's on already on like a little bit of a roll i mean on right. one game but um yeah my hope is partially restored in him but i'm worried that i'm gonna regret saying that next week
0: and we i think i picked sam hartman last week and i think i don't know i don't want to pick him again but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with um uh, uh who i want to go with i'm gonna go with holden stays i think he'll have a touchdown in this game and holden stays will be the the real difference maker Um, picking up the slack for Mitchell Evans and and more of a pass catching you know tight end Um, so he will be problematic for Clemson to try to cover how about your defense player of the game Maggie this is where so
1: I didn't know about Will Shipley I kind of figured because I feel like you sent me something about that so I did go off of that Um, yeah I even I said uh, so I have some beef with Clemson running back Will Shipley and then I said it's very one-sided um my sister and I followed his recruitment during COVID um very closely we would go on like his live streams where he was like talking about his recruiting process and we'd be like how do you think about Notre Dame like you know and he'd be like yeah like it's a good school and and we were so sure that he was gonna go and I remember the day he got he committed I was like watching the live stream too I think and he like (laughs) did not I don't remember if it was a hat But he did not pick us. And Clemson is like a team we play a lot because of the ACC. So every time we faced him, I think, knock on wood, every time that we've played him, minus maybe the ACC championship game. No,
0: I don't think so. I think we won every time.
1: I think we – yeah. Every time he's been like play actively playing, I'm pretty sure we beat him, which has been really nice. Um, And I was kind of hoping to do it again. So – coming coming back to the question I wanted right. to pick someone who would kind of oppose him so I'm okay. choosing JD Bertrand I uh, think he knows this team very well I mean it's different every year but I feel like he's faced Clemson like four times because he's been in our name for a long time and as I said before we have faced Clemson a lot in the past like five years so I think that he'll just use that to his advantage um if Will Shipley's not playing then that kind of ruins my reasoning here but i also do just like jd bertrand so
0: yeah I'm glad with him. yeah i'm gonna go with benjamin morrison he sat out last week um and i think he's been fresh and i think kate Klebnick is good for a good interception or two and i think benjamin morrison will get one of those and i get and he owns clemson i think you know he caught the touchdown, uh, interception for oh, the touchdown right. last time i think he'll probably do it again so there we go okay i uh, give it to benjamin morrison all right, who's your surprise player of the game? Maybe we already did it with Tobias Berryweather, but, but who's your surprise player of the game?
1: Yeah, I'm going with uh, your guy, Cooper Flanagan, actually.
0: Ah, um, yeah.
1: Mitchell Evans is out, and Cooper Flanagan got his first-ever career touchdown last week against mm-hmm. Pitt. So I think you know, maybe he's going to kind of fit into that second tight end role a little bit more. And he is local, so um, I don't feel bad picking him. So um, I'll pick him as my surprise player of the game. Maybe not the no, most right. out of
0: left field, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with, actually I should go with Jadarian Price. Just, but who, um, no, no. I'm going to go with your guy, Faison. Um, mm. I think he's going to run a punt back. I think he's really close last week. He's very shifty and very speedy. Um, Faison is going to be my player of the game. Surprise player. He's going to run a punt back. All right. Um, do we have a prediction? So- I kind of already gave mine, but sort of. But- Go ahead.
1: I was going through my notes. like I was writing out my notes for this episode and my fingers just started typing a number. So I actually do have a number this oh, week. Whoa. So I know. Crazy. I know the spread's three, which is crazy to me. Uh, I just feel like that's <laughs> way too small. I'm saying wow. we're going to beat them
0: 35-14. Wow. Take it to the bank, everybody. Take it to the bank. All right. I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna uh, agree with you. I think that, that the number is too small and I'm going to go with Twenty-eight ten. I think it'll be just kind of Notre we will get off to a neat lead and just, uh, just, um, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just roll right into it. Yeah, just roll for an easy, easy um, win, I think. I think it'd probably be 28 nothing, and then just kind of sit on it after that. Um, all right, so Maggie, here we go. This is a big one. You know, they win this one and, and they're set up to, to end up you know, ten and two, and heading most likely to a new six bowl game, which is kind of the the best o- o- outcome right now for Notre Dame. So this is a big one. You know, I don't necessarily fear Wake Forest, and I definitely don't fear Stanford. So Stanford could be a little tricky. I shouldn't say it that way, but
1: we've seen some anyway. rough Stanford games.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, with bet, but that's against better Stanford. That's teams. true. But Stanford's getting better. I mean, they took Washington under to the wire, and they you know came back against. Colorado and they got that receiver that just catches everything. Anyway, but we'll get to that well down the road. All right, let's get to our picks.
1: Okay. Sorry. I think what do you some... got for
0: us? I think it's a there... pretty good game, pretty good week, right? This week. Yeah,
1: there's some music going on outside. I don't know what's going on. Oh, so I don't apologies if you can hear that. Okay. Uh just making sure I think someone's driving by. Um uh, nice. but nice. yeah, the first game is I guess interesting. I don't know why this is on here, but
0: must have picked it for some reason. (laughs) Um,
1: It's Kansas State at Texas.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good game. That's a good game with Big 12 implications.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Texas. Um, Okay. They're at home. It's against Kansas State, who has kind of had an okay year, but I just think Texas is too good um, to lose to Kansas State. But, you know, I would be happy to be Mm -hmm. proven wrong.
0: I'm going with Kansas State. I think with a backup quarterback, that's not great, although this could be the Arch Manning game. Um, I'm going with Kansas State, who's a team that's playing much better football and just keeps improving. Um, I go with Kansas State.
1: Next, I have another Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma at oh,
0: right. Oklahoma State. Yeah. The the Bedlam game. hmm Yeah. This one – oh, man. I so want to take Oklahoma State, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Oklahoma to bounce back and uh, – it better be a close one, closer than the experts think.
1: I am going with Oklahoma State. Yeah, um, I'm trying to look it up right now in a frenzy, but Oklahoma almost lost last week. Yeah, almost lost to, last week.
0: Oh, they did lose last week. And lose, they then before though,
1: almost lost to UCF. So they're, yeah, they're not playing great. They're not doing that well, and I think that no. a rivalry game away yeah. um, is going to kind yeah. of just uh, tear I, them apart.
0: This is one I could be kicking myself. I I so hope Oklahoma State wins because it'd be really helpful to Notre Dame. But um, yeah, Oklahoma State has kind of put it together in a weird way. Um, They have this running back that just runs all over the place. Um, So we'll see, we'll see. I'm, I'm already regretting my pick, but I'm sticking with it.
1: Next I have, this one has become more interesting. Washington at USC. Mm. And Washington, as you said, has been kind of stumbling a little bit. They've been winning,
0: but they haven't been
1: winning as much as people want them to. And USC is just – we just played USC. Right.
0: Um,
1: I am going with Washington, though. Even though it's at USC, I just think that Washington is going to bounce back this week and USC is kind of just not at that point to battle them that much. So I'm going to go with
0: the Huskies – I, too, am going with Washington. The one thing Washington has been doing is scoring, and certainly that's <laughs> – and just having trouble uh, – and that's one thing that USC cannot do is stop teams from scoring. This is, could be a high-scoring game. I, I just – I'm not a big believer even in the offense. I think USC has lost their way. I think this might be a blowout in the end. Um, and it could be lots of yelling on the sidelines. and It could just be a whole mess. I see a whole mess happening. Um, I just don't see USC with the, you know, the heart to pull this through. I don't think Caleb Williams is the guy to pull them through. I think Pennix will have you know Heisman Trophy numbers at Washington, Washington, Washington.
1: These last two are games we have kind of briefly mentioned. So the first one okay. is um, LSU at Alabama.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go with Alabama. Um, I want to take LSU because it'd be better if for Notre Dame if LSU wins. Either way, it's going to be okay. But I just think Alabama if, – if LSU had lost last year, I think they'd have actually a better shot. I think Alabama has a chip on their shoulder about last year. I don't – I think that um, – I just don't bet against Saban in those those at home in a revenge game. I'm not betting against Saban. That's all.
1: Uh, yeah, I will also be going with Alabama – Um, I mean, we've seen how Brian Kelly's faced Nick Saban before and it has not been pretty. So the fact that this is.
0: Except for last year.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, okay. (laughs) I forgot about that.
0: I was going off of
1: the Notre Dame, (laughs) Notre Dame, (laughs) Brian Kelly. My bad. But I think last year was a fluke is what I'm saying. I think last year was a
0: fluke. He had his one
1: win. That's it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's a new year. It's a new year. And they're at Alabama.
0: So I think
1: that's going to be the difference.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And what's the last one you got for me?
1: Uh it's Missouri at Georgia. Ah.
0: Okay. Um I'm going to this is another one where I'm going to go with Georgia just because I think they've actually put the they actually started looking in the last few weeks like the number 1 team where I think they had been struggling earlier. Maybe they had their foot off the gas or I don't know what. But and I do think Missouri's kind of a fraud team. Um you know, so you know, this could be ugly. But I really want Missouri to win, but I just think they're kind of a fraud at
1: 7-1. I will agree. I think this win will help Notre Dame in either way, depending on yeah. who wins. Um, but I think- Actually, just- it probably helps
0: that Georgia wins, probably, because there's no way they're gonna put- you know, if Georgia loses Missouri, there's no way they're gonna put a, behind, you know what I mean, behind Notre Dame. So probably we should be rooting for um, Georgia.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. kind of, but also I feel like if Georgia loses and then they lose again, yeah. in the SEC championship.
0: Well, yeah, okay. I guess. It's a lot of ifs, but I think yeah. that there could
1: be <laughs> – it could yeah. be another uh, loss there. But I am going with Georgia. I, I don't want them to go back to the playoff, um, but right. I just think that maybe it just might oh, happen. I, I don't think Missouri is yeah, the yeah. team to
0: pull them out of that. I don't think that's happening, yeah. I, I guess you're right, unless they lose to the, one of these teams and lose the SEC championship, which, geez, that's uh, – yeah. One can know. hope. I hope. Yeah. Well, I guess so, but I mean, at this point, I'm just looking at near six games, so I want all the one loss teams to lose again. That's my my goal, anyway. That's what I'm looking at. All right, Maggie. So we this is it. Nail biting time one more time. Um, Saturday early, everybody early. Uh, it'll be at nine o'clock out here on the west, noon back on the, in the east, and you know you figure it out in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, Maggie. any final thoughts before we go?
1: Catch you on the flippity flip, everyone.
0: All right, go Irish.
1: Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.